Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. I'm, I have back with me one of my colleagues, uh, Gerard van Heerden, who was with us not that long ago, but the subject came up and is, is very relevant at the moment, and I wanted to discuss it with him as he has um, knowledge and expertise in this issue. And that has to do with the Ugandan parliament's passing a sweeping anti-gay bill that effectively criminalizes Ugandans who identify with the LGBTQIA plus community. Gerard, thank you for joining us and welcome to the IRR show. Morning, Sora. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, I did intend to have you back, but probably not so soon. Um, the reason yeah. I, uh, I, I really sort of paid attention to this um, was because the DA has pointed out that the South African government, which has, which oversees a constitution that is, shall I say, very gay friendly in that um, gay groupings are ostensibly given the same protection as any other um, any other grouping and free from discrimination, the government has failed to condemn the Ugandan government's move. And my my query to you is, A, your response to the Ugandan, Ugandan government's move, and B, given our position on LGBT rights, etc., why, why do you think our government's not saying anything? Yes. Um, so for your listeners who don't uh, know what, the the exact consequences of this this law will be so the law that was signed um by president uh, museveni who's the president of uganda um what this will entail is a jail sentence for anybody who simply mentions that or identifies um, themselves as part of the lesbian, bisexual, gay, and transgender um, population. Um, it also reserves the death penalty uh, for so-called aggravated homosexuality, what, whatever that means. Mm. Um, and the it also includes punishment for those who merely assist the LGBT population. So if you are a journalist who writes about these issues, you could get a jail sentence. If you, if you're someone who has a homeless shelter for LGBT people, that could get you in trouble. If you're a medical worker helping LGBT people, that could also get you a jail sentence. And it also reserves, um, a jail sentence for um, teenagers, uh, people below the age of 18, if they have a high school romance with someone of the same sex, that could lend them um, uh, a jail sentence of up to three years. So this is really a a, a devastating mm-hmm. and, and, and draconian law that really stifles the Ugandan LGBT population in every way possible. Mm. So when you have situations like that where a minority group such as um, 
the the lesbian, gay, transgender, and bisexual populations. When you have a situation where such a minority group is so vulnerable mm. in 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 their country that they have absolutely no support, um, it is necessary for I think the international community to to step in because mm. what you're talking about here is people's fundamental human rights mm, mm. um rights to to dignity freedom of expression and association and so this is where south africa could play a very pivotal role i mean as you've mentioned sara um south africa has one of the most progressive lgbt laws in the world so south africa is in that that sweet spot mm. position of you know a being a member of the the african continent and b being a a country that that you know upholds lgbt rules uh, lgbt rights in its respective borders but south africa has notoriously been silent on the violations uh, that has been committed against LGBT people uh, um, in in other African countries, mm. and um, the uh, President Museveni from Uganda actually visited South Africa earlier this year. If I remember correctly, mm. it was f- for a discussion on on trade between South Africa and Uganda, and President Ramaphosa. Um, said that, you know, he welcomed uh, Museveni and said he, it was a delightful visit and it was an honor to meet him. But there was absolutely no mention of what Uganda was currently doing mm-hmm. at the time, which was severely clamping down on, on the LGBT community. Now, you know, some will argue and say that, you know, South Africa has to have good relations with its African neighbors and it's important for the country economically to have these good trade relations and to maybe not intervene with what is happening uh, within their borders. But I think it's, it's, it's just appalling how South Africa can say that, you know, these human rights, LGBT rights, is important when they are willing to turn a blind eye mm. to people getting locked up, mm. to people being executed simply for for being lesbian or gay. I mean, during during um, the the um, pre nineteen ninety four when when apartheid was still in force, you mm. know, the international community enacted sanctions. And there was assistance for the cause mm. to to overthrow the apartheid regime because it, most people in the world recognized that what the apartheid regime did was was horrible mm. and and the so so here we are in a similar situation where we can recognize that what is happening in Uganda is horrible and against the the fundamental human rights um, that that everyone should have. And yet South Africa just simply remains silent on the issue. So I think it's very hypocritical of South Africa and it's just tragic Mm. for us to, to 
to remain on the sidelines? Well, I think South Africa showed itself fairly soon after the age of democracy began that hypocrisy was the lodestar for its uh, foreign policy. Zimbabwe is the obvious example of approving a rigged election um, in favor of uh, Robert Mugabe. And this is the same sort of thing. But as you say, it's just the, the very fact that the, the constitution here is so, is so clear about, uh, about the issue. Um, and there has been condemnation from across the world and the UN has called it egregious. Um, but South Africa doesn't, hasn't done it. Two things to ask. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they refuse to uh, condemn these issues? Is trade that big an issue? And the other thing is, why are so many African countries, they are, they are conservative politically and uh, socially, but why, what's, what gives rise to this level of conservatism that is, is prepared to literally brand and brand people and, and destroy their lives? Yeah, I think um, on the one hand, even though we have these progressive laws in South Africa, what what is on paper um, rarely trickles down to to grassroots mm-hmm. level, and I think that may point to the fact that our political elites. Um, or the government doesn't really um, recognize um, LGBT issues as that um, important. We we were lucky during the 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 1990s to to have had these negotiations to to um, ensure that these rights were included into the constitution. But I think since then. When you look at the spate of hate crimes mm. that have happened in South Africa um, uh, across the country, and the the, the fact that only thirty um, percent of of people working at home affairs were willing to to recognise same sex marriages, mm. um, referring to a study that was done a few years ago, just I think it shows that even though we have this very Pro- progressive laws in place. I, I do think that, on the one hand, the the, the government is uh, remains indifferent mm. to to um, uh, the, the the issues faced by LGBT South Africans. So if they aren't willing to take it serious here mm. in our country. Mm. Um, I think that uh, that may also be the reason why they can so easily ignore what happens in other African mm. countries. So essentially, and I think, yeah, sorry, mm. carry on. No, 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 and I, I, I just wanted to, um, on your second question, mm-hmm. to to give a short and sweet answer. The homosexuality is basically still connected to Western values mm. in, in Africa. And the ILGA, which is a... a international LGBT um, organization, um, their survey a few years ago showed that 47% of Africans in the sub-Saharan African region 
belief that homosexuality and same-sex attraction, is, um, you know, that is connected to Western values. Mm-hmm. And then in Uganda, that was around 53%. Mm-hmm. And so there is this idea that homosexuality is a foreign concept mm-hmm. to 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 Africa, which is completely not the mm. case if you look back at history, mm. pre-colonial history in Africa. Mm. But that's unfortunately the narrative that many political elites in Africa now espouse, mm. and that is that homosexuality is not something that belongs in Africa. Mm. And in Uganda especially, uh, a lot of um, importance is placed on, on marriages and having children. Mm. And homosexuality essentially goes against the idea of marriage or children in um, in Uganda specifically. Mm. A lot of people place so much importance on, you know, having children and you have to be married, especially if you're a woman, mm. that if you are a single homosexual person, you know, that, mm. that I, I think adds to the the the, the re- resentment and discrimination. Mm. Um, so, but there are many factors yeah. um, as to why homosexual people and and LGBT people are not um, accepted in Uganda. Mm. Um, but but I think these laws enacted by Museveni and his government is just simply going to further um, fuel mm. hostility this group. Mm. Now, I've heard the sort of the claim that that homosexuality is, is a colonial construct. Um, the irony is that, as I understand it, this law is essentially premised on or reflects a, an anti-homosexual colonial law. Um, so you, they're sort of trying to have their cake and eat it. But I also understand that a lot of um, particularly American missionaries uh, come from or represent churches that are very uh, anti-homosexual, very conservative, and their proselytizing has not helped, has not helped things one way, in any way whatsoever. It's, it's, it's made things worse. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, what I'm struggling to understand is why the, the government of Uganda felt the need to actually legislate this as opposed to simply sort of, shall I say, ignoring it. Um, you know, having, they may have sort of conservative bad, um, social values about it, but, you know, it's not as if it's going to bring down the country's, you know, it's not going to lay waste to the country. Um, and it did receive a lot of worldwide condemnation. So, is it is it is it a is it a sort of vote catching idea? Is it or is it, is it, is it yeah. something else? Yeah, um, you know, Sarah, that's also something that I am struggling to understand because from what you know, from what I've uh, um, read is that. Museveni, uh, President Museveni has been in power since, um, 1986 mm-hmm. in Uganda. And, um, that's also when his, his ruling party took, took over. 
And there's also a clampdown in Uganda on, on, on journalists, on, on, on NGOs, on opposition leaders mm. who, who criticize the Ugandan government too much. Mm. So I don't think Uganda necessarily has free or fair elections mm. or a vibrant democracy. So they don't have to you know, try to win voters to their side, mm-hmm. if, 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 if that makes sense, because, um, you know, they can just simply rig elections in, in their favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, the, the idea of, you know, uh, enforcing this narrative that, that LGBT people don't belong in Uganda, trying to to win people over i mean that uh, Museveni and his government uh, they don't have to do that to remain in power mm, mm. But i guess it still allows them a lot of social capital mm. it gives a lot of legitimacy to their government because the ugandan population is highly conservative mm, mm. and is um you know very unwelcoming mm. towards the idea of of LGBT people having the same rights. Mm. So, so even though it doesn't really, I think, um, help them to to stay in power, it it does provide them with a lot of social capital mm-hmm. and support um, from from the population. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that, given the fa- the fact that Museveni has been in power for nearly forty years, there's possibly the pressure of, you know, he's getting to, he's been there long enough to, to, to become perhaps vulnerable. He's getting, he's older, uh, he, he's, uh. He, so, so things are, you know, they, they'll be looking at anything that may show up their support. It was quite interesting uh. that the DA's, uh, uh, demand of the ANC to, to, of the government rather, to, to say something came out at the DA's federal congress in Midrand on Saturday. And its parties, openly gay leaders, and they are openly gay, showed solidarity with the gay community uh, in Uganda. And we have an openly gay mayor and a very successful one in Chris Pappas of of Umgeni. Um, So I I assume a changing government here would achieve a very different uh, response to the Uganda's Uh legislation. No, no, um, absolutely. I think, um, the Democratic Alliance has demonstrated over the years that they, they are a party who, um, who takes these issues facing, facing LGBT, LGBT people very seriously. Mm. A lot of representatives in the DA are, are lesbian and gay. There's always a, a, a presence of the Democratic Alliance at, at pride marches, at events supporting um, LGBT issues. So, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you in that sense that should there be a change in power where the DA um, is the, the leading party, we might see South Africa's dialogue towards other African countries change. Mm. Um, I, I also, uh, to that point, I think the, 
one of the best ways for for dialogue in Uganda itself to to change um, towards LGBT people is for um, education um, uh, institutions to recognize that you know homosexuality has been something that has existed in Uganda for for centuries and and before um, colonialism even happened. I mean, you've had this Langi tribe, for example. Um, um, uh, they had when when they had people who were intersex or considered impotent, they those people would then be defined as Madokudaku. And Madokudaku people would then be allowed to marry both men or women and, and take on any gender role that they wanted to. So, so, um, during pre-colonial times, there were, there was a relative acceptance to, to, to people who were, were different. And unfortunately, that has changed with colonialism. And, and unfortunately, this law that has been signed is now ironically upholding that that colonial perspective yeah. that that LGBT people are not something that is normal to Uganda and to Africa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think um, uh, that's the only real effective way that that narrative can change. But unfortunately, yeah. like you mentioned, we have a lot of outside influences as well that that um, contributes to hostility. So, so, so irony is essentially uh, abound on this issue um, in mm. countries like mm. Uganda. Um, Hiri, thank mm. you very much for joining us and uh, giving us some some sense of the issue and its origins and what it's motivated by. And uh, um, look forward to having you on again at a later stage. No, no, it was wonderful to be back, Sarah. Thank you so much.